welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William and Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Jenny Helmendaller. And today we are opening up the doors to your questions. We've done this before in the past. Just wondering, what are you wondering about health and wellness? So we've got some questions that were submitted from students across campus, and we are going to dive right in and explore what everyone is wondering about. And what's our first question that we've got? Yeah. All right. So the first one we have here is, how should we take depth over breadth into practice when you have so many obligations already, but want to do more? This is a magic question. And depth over breadth is a topic that is focused on by student leadership development. They do a fabulous job, um, really bringing that sense of intentionality and how you're involved. One of the most beautiful things about our campus is everything that we have access to, right? There's so many things for you to explore. I heard passing by that there is a revival of the Cheese Club coming, right? I saw that. I was very excited about that because coming in last year, it was not a thing. So it's something they tell you on the tours. Whoever did that, great (laughs) idea bringing that back right? You've got Quidditch, right? And sports clubs. There's so many things to choose from, you know, your employment options that you have on campus. And I think it's easy to fall into that exploratory state because that is another fabulous part of your collegiate experience, being able to really unveil who you are, dive deep into these opportunities that are open, But, and especially with the students that we have on campus, right, it's easy to fall into these pockets of interest um, and really have too many things on your plate. Yeah, I feel like it's a very William and Mary thing. Of course, I have no other college experience to compare it to, but I, I feel like it is sort of a William and Mary thing to be doing a lot already, but still feeling like you want to do more. Um, and especially there is the element of overwhelmed by choice because coming out of COVID, like you said, like, oh, the cheese club and like new things are happening, new things are being revived and everything's changing and there are always new things to experience. So it's it's hard to just choose things. But yeah, how how do we be mindful about that while, you know, you want to do more, but also trying to kind of keep that in check and avoiding doing too much? And the way that that's led by student leadership development is that it really is about picking the things that matter the most to you and doing them with passion, purpose, and intent. And with our student staff in the wellness center, the wellness ambassadors, I always say to them, I know that you're a wellness ambassador and fill in the blank, right? Cohen Career Center has a a beautiful poster series that really depicts that so well, the things that people are involved in. But when you start to add on so many obligations that you're only able to give 5% of your interest. It's not what's best for you. It's not what's best for your group. And um, I think it's okay to try these things. And then I think it's also okay to realize when we're quote failing, which really isn't a failure at all, you know, exploring these topics, but understanding when it's time to let those obligations go, when it's something that's not benefiting you, not benefiting the group. And it's really about developing that sense of self-awareness and 
and making those choices. And they're not always easy choices. I have had wellness ambassadors in the past who don't return the next semester. And I'm always like, oh no, you don't like us. But at the core of it, it's because they know that looking at their values, the directions that they're headed, they enjoy the position or you know, one recently had a fabulous research opportunity. They had to make that decision about how they were going to spend their time. And that meant doing the other thing. And I always say that that's the most wellness ambassador decision that they could make. Although I'm sad to see them go. I'm so excited that they have that awareness that where their values are, it's not that they don't like us, right? It's that They're making that conscious decision to spend their time in the place that is truly best for them, being able to express their passions, fulfilling their purpose, and doing that all with intent. And everyone has different factors that go into their decisions to join or leave an organization, but the important thing is that you stick to those factors and you keep those important because, I don't know, I mean, I think there are some things that you should not let go of, such as sleep, um, when you take into account trying something new. Um, But there's nothing wrong with trying something new. And if there's something you've never tried before, like go for it. But if you find that you really, really love it and want to stick with it, but you're already having so many other things, it probably is necessary to reevaluate your place in those other things. And if you go to a club every week and it just doesn't really bring you joy and you're just not really having fun and it feels more like an obligation than something you look forward to week to week, then like, you know, maybe consider not doing it or taking a step back. Um, but it's definitely really, really hard to, um, balance everything. And if you look at your pie, that is your week or your semester as a student, So much of that is going to your academic classes, right? Of course, some of that has to go to sleep. I hope a big part of that is also going to your well-being practices as well. You only have but so many pieces of pie left, right? And how how small are you going to cut those slivers? You really need to, again, just connect with those things that you feel are going to feed your soul. Because at some point, you're going to be cutting those pieces so small that it really does have a negative impact on your well-being. What is your body cueing you up? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel obligated? Are you running around in 10 different directions? These should be the cues that you're picking up on that the decisions that you've made are not the best for you if it's impacting your mental, emotional well-being. Look at what matters most to you and feel good about spending your time and doing that. Um, Student leadership development has some great tips on ways to practice it. You know, before you start spreading yourself too thin, just select those few things. There's always going to be a scale, right? That you like this a little bit more, you like that a little bit more. Just think about what that is that you're participating in. Um, Asking yourself, does this bring me joy? And if the answer is no, then reevaluate that. Taking a page from Marie Kondo, (laughs) does it spark joy? Yeah, and then I have a question that's sort of very similar to this. So this person had asked about how we can do more when we already have a lot of things. I would like to know, 
as someone who's already doing a lot of things, what can I do to slow down? Because I feel like this semester, I, I don't know about you, but it's been kind of insane. Um, and I know it's been ramping up ever since COVID's kind of slowed down. Hope, well, slow down, I guess. But um, I don't know, but I've felt more distracted and frantic. Um, I think I've generally still felt better because I've been busy, but I definitely need to monitor. And I, I don't know, I, I'd love to hear some strategies for how to just kind of like take a little bit of a breather. <laughs> I just took this amazing class with one of our wellness professionals, Martha Rillo, um, a micro habits course. And what I walked away from that, although it's a micro habit, I really walked out of that experience with this macro idea. It really truly is these tiny little decisions that we make every single day that equate to our lifestyle, the choices that we make. I think that it's really important to stop, take a look at our day. One piece of advice that Martha gave during the course of that class is picking one thing that you can accomplish every day. I know that my to-do list is a lot longer than a one item list, but what is that most important thing that you need to achieve and accomplish? And everything else is a bonus. I'm a big fan of checking in on my calendar every single day, making sure that I've got that organizational system that works for, for me and finding that, that sense of priority, right? What is it that I need to attend to most? And then everything else becomes a bonus. That is a good way to look at it. I, I definitely tried to do that, especially this semester, is just looking forward to the small things. Like, I, I don't know, I find myself looking forward to some meetings day to day, or like sometimes I'm excited to get breakfast before my 8 a.m. class. Um, and it, that's definitely helped me, I think, just kind of appreciate things. And even though I am really busy, I think I'm definitely enjoying those things. And that's really important. But yes, it is also important to slow down and, you know, check that you have all your belongings before you leave the dining hall. And I think when we get into that place where we're feeling distracted, where we do have so many things that are going on throughout our day, we need to give ourselves those mental breaks. We have a very high performing community and we have these tendencies to go and to go and to go. All the things that we do physically, mentally, this takes energy takes time and making sure that we're incorporating those healthy breaks. We cannot be successful if we are not caring for ourselves. We cannot care for our community if we're not caring for ourselves. And I think going back to that depth over breadth piece, when we're looking at, okay, why am I running around so much? Are there things that are not completely necessary that I can start to trim around and really get back to that place where I am aware of my needs, I'm tending to my needs because ultimately that allows you to serve to your fullest potential. Um, but there's a lot of expectation. We have constant stimulus, things for us to get involved in. Everyone wants our attention, right? And uh, again, what's that one thing? What's that one thing that we can do every day? And it goes back to the values. And we have some wonderful resources here too to clarify those with the life values inventory that's offered through um, CMAX, um, navigating stress management and the value alignment resources. 
and you can always reach out to us at wellness at wm.edu and we'd be happy to connect you with that. If you feel like you need to clarify what are those things that you need to focus on and spend your time. Yeah, so we have one more question here. It says, what do I do about an acquaintance that is struggling with anxiety and or an eating disorder? I don't know them well enough to comfortably bring it up right now. So the key word here is that they're an acquaintance and not a close friend, which does kind of complicate things a little bit. But I do think that you are able to employ a lot of the same strategies. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that is a an added layer. But you obviously know them well enough to have developed this concern about the relationship or excuse me, you know them well enough to recognize that there are some concerning behaviors occurring. One initiative that we've focused on for about a year now is the Seize the Awkward campaign. And although this is a suicide prevention campaign, it has a really wonderful structure as far as learning the signs and starting the conversations and truly seizing what are the awkward moments And I think the most awkward layer of this is, okay, we have a casual acquaintance. How are we, how are we bringing up this topic? But really it's getting back to whatever gets you talking, just opening up that door to begin the conversation. And it can be something completely casual, like, Hey, seems like something's up. You want to talk what's going on. And to me, there are two things that happen there. You're opening up the door to a conversation where you're potentially able to help someone connect to care that they potentially need. And then you're also opening up the door to deepening that relationship. Yeah. And the Seize the Awkward campaign is so great and so helpful. Um, I'm personally someone who does sometimes have issues with, um, directly communicating with people and so the idea of asking like hey something seemed like it's something seems like it's been up recently I don't think that was a right sentence but um it's sometimes hard to directly mention that when talking to someone so usually if I have a concern if it were an acquaintance I think the process of becoming closer friends would maybe be something and maybe you don't necessarily aim to be best friends with this person, but to reach out and say like, hey, do you want to get lunch? And then maybe just kind of bring up in conversation. So how have you been doing recently? Or or trying to make them more comfortable by leading in with like, wow, I've been pretty stressed with this recently. How have you been feeling? Um, and so I think that's kind of a nice way to sort of um, reach out more indirectly Um, Because that kind of puts the ball in their court to talk about it with you. And the thing is, ultimately, like, unless you do ask directly, they might not address it at all. But that might also be an indicator that they don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about it with you, which is okay. And the Counseling Center has a lot of resources for common topics that we might encounter during our time in this college atmosphere, one of them is how can you help someone who may have an eating disorder? So using positive statements um, and and understanding that this is a sensitive topic, you might be able to, you might be triggering some emotions from this individual. Um, 
but also understanding that you're not a therapist. You are okay opening up the line of communication, understanding that once you're recognizing these signs, then engaging in that conversation in a positive, non-combative, non-confrontational way from that place of genuine concern, knowing that that fourth and that last step is knowing that there are resources that you have access to, um, especially as a student on this campus through the counseling center, um, the health center, and also local providers. So that's not something that you have to manage or navigate. That's not your responsibility. But the fact that you have recognized that this issue is present, you do have the opportunity to link that individual back to the care that they have access to. And we had this conversation in one of our suicide prevention conversations where you know, how uncomfortable it might be to open up the door to that conversation. But at the end of the day, if you are preventing further harm or influencing a positive change in someone's life, I think the benefit outweighs the cost in this scenario. Yeah, but I think definitely it's just okay, like, if it they don't seem very receptive to help, like, that's totally okay. Um, but the fact that you're trying at all, that is really important. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the CC awkward website right now. Just, you know, if you want to reach out to someone, maybe you can ask them to play a sport with you. If you're in the same club, you can just like meet up for that or play a video game, grab food after class. Um, yeah, they don't, if you ask, it doesn't have to be a direct formal conversation, just like, how are you doing? Yeah. And I love the, just take a walk or a drive around the neighborhood. I mean, you never know what you're going to see out there, but I find when you're engaging conversation around these shared activities, it really does help to facilitate that connection, that conversation. Um, and then also I think it's important to note out that you do have access to care reports. So if there are behaviors that are causing particular concern, you do have the option of submitting a care report online. So that was our last question. Yeah. It's always really nice to explore these. I think it's good for us to know like what what are those things that you want to dive more deeply into and and how can we help you access them in in the best and easiest way possible. So if you have any more questions for us, always feel free to reach out at wellness at wm.edu. These are my favorite kinds of conversations. So I'd love to do another Q&A episode at some point. Yeah, absolutely. But until next time. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Ben Heath, Daria Moody, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Hellman-Dollar. 